Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 120, and today we'll be talking about Beach City Drift. I'm GC13. And I am Dakota! Yay, hi! So Dakota, are you, are you back in the real way? Like, in the real way this time? Because last time we thought you were, but you weren't. Ah, uh, maybe. I'm, I want to be back. You know, I just, I've been really bad about, like, remembering to check Skype and see, like, the message thread and see, like, y'all are we're planning to record or something like that. So honestly, I really have no excuse for not recording other than just like, I haven't thought about it, but yeah. Yeah. I want to, um, yes, yes. Keep us in your thoughts. I don't like having to record solo episodes so much. Well, here comes a thought. <laughs> ah, very nice. We'll get to that episode. Eventually. Wait, actually, no, we did. We did do that one already. So I guess you won't get to record on that one. Oh no, did you guys do it on the bomb? Probably. Probably. That was episode 102. Darn. Oh well, that makes sense, yeah. It was the second episode after the bomb that they did in the weekly format for a little while. You know, I kind of wish they would go back to that format. I'm not crazy about the bombs. It's it's hard for me to, like, stay as interested in the episodes. Brady and I were actually talking about that the other day, that, like, we're really excited for, you know, Steven to come back on the 30th. But I know that, you know, we're going to have that bomb format and we're going to get all these episodes all at once and I'm not going to get enough time to like stew on them. And then by the time they're all over with, I'm going to move on to other things. So it's just, I'm not going to be able to like think about them as much. But I mean, I get why Cartoon Network is doing it. I get that like it brings watchers in to actually watch them live rather than just like finding them online somewhere. But it's just, you know, it's just harder to say like focused as a fan on it when it just comes every now and then like in these big bulks. Yeah, the bombs are nice and everything, but I'd rather they just give us, in- instead of five episodes in one week, five weeks with one episode each. You know, as a fan, it's so much easier to digest each episode in turn rather than have to think about it. Like, I, I would have caught on to the new Lars much quicker had it not aired as part of the part of that darn nuke, but... Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. but that's not what we're here to talk about today. Today, we're here to talk about Beach City Drift. Beach City Drift. I mean, I'm just going to say this. Uh, Dire Dire Drift is a fantastic racing song. Is that the name of the song when they're going down the mountain? Yep, that's the that's the first racing song. Mm-hmm. You know, I really wish that I had like something to add to that, but I don't know. It's been a while since I watched it like the first time, and I just kind of watched it really quick before the podcast, so I, I, I agree with you, but I don't know. I don't have anything to add. I don't, I don't know what to say other than I just... I mean, for I, I'm always talking about how much I love the music on this series, but that music does set, does does really stand out to me. Yeah, I get that. That makes sense. But yeah, so this is this is a Kevin episode, the second Kevin episode, and hopefully not the last. <laughs> I want it to be the last. I don't like Kevin. You don't. I know like it's not Kevin. going to be the last. I don't. I mean, you know, you have those characters that you love to hate, that you want them in the show so <laughs> you could hate them, and then you have characters like Kevin who. You just hate them. You don't even like to hate them. It's just you have this visceral response that you just want to just scream at him and say, Kevin, go home. No one likes you. Uh, but that's what's so great about him. He's such a jerk. I want, I, I, want th- I want there to be a dance-off against the homeworld, and I want him to be there. I don't know if he's dancing for homeworld or if he's their secret weapon against homeworld. But uh. Kevin has to be there. Maybe there can be a racing portion of the exam that uh, he can also help out on. I'll be okay if we get 
one Kevin episode in season four, like until the season is over. But I don't, I don't know that I can do more than one Kevin episode a season. I just, I really do not like Kevin as a character. And there are characters that I just absolutely love to hate, you know? I mean, that's what a lot of shows you have that character and that's what's really fun. Like Lars is that kind of character for me. I love Lars, Mm -hmm. but in a sense that I love to hate Lars, you know? Um, whenever Lars is an episode and he's being a jerk and, you know, Steven is just trying to be a ray of sunshine and we have Lars. I love hating on Lars, but I also like him <laughs> as a character. Kevin is just, he's a self-centered jerk and I just don't like him. I don't even, I mean, I like what he did for Stevani. I like what he did for her character development. I like what he does as a rhetorical device for the show. In this episode, you know, he served to help Steven and Connie understand that they don't have to prove themselves to anyone that when they they fuse that should be an experience for them and that's really cool but i just hate kevin yeah i, I think that greg's advice that he gives steven and connie near the beginning of the episode is very sage don't even give people like that the pleasure of thinking about them you know yeah i mean i agree with you but it's one of those things that like Oh, goodness gracious. Brayden just pointed something out to me. He like he went over here and wrote this on a sticky note that when I'm referring to Stevani, I'm saying her instead of they. Oh, goodness. Uh, I, I see Stevani as a they, for, for the record. But, no, I get that. Like, Yes, Greg does have good advice that you shouldn't even give them the pleasure of thinking about them. But, I mean, you that's not always going to work all the time. Like, if you feel really emotionally involved in a situation and someone is making that situation awful... You can't just always put yourself aside, you know? Yeah, but you you need to you need to at least understand that your mentally engaging with them is not helping. And thankfully this is a lesson that Stephen and Connie learned early in life. I agree with that, but I'm kind of hesitant to just accept that lesson like on the face value because I think that that is the kind of argument that a lot of people use in identity politics discussions where it's, you know, you don't have a stake in the discussion, so you can just say, hey, cool it, don't worry about it. I mean, I get that that's not what they're trying to say here, and Steven Universe is a really good show for, like, promoting inclusivity with lots of different, like, identity politics, but that's just kind of why I don't really like that. I mean, I think that Steven and Connie had to discover by themselves that Kevin doesn't really have any impact on their life, but I don't know. I think I'm rambling here. Yeah, just a bit. Just that's a, There's nothing wrong with a bit of a good old-fashioned ramble. I, I, I don't know, it's just Kevin is utterly peripheral to their lives. He enjoys the power he has over them when they're mad about him. He feeds off of that. So you saw how he, re- I mean, they gave Kevin a very exaggerated response to it, but it's like, you, it's Like from psychology, you want to extinguish that behavior by not reinforcing it. Uh, Yeah, this is true. This is true. I will say I like character as a plot device. I don't like him. Or did I say character? I like Kevin as a plot device. I don't like him as a character. Mm. But uh, something that's always thrown me about this episode, when I see... Ronaldo with those binoculars hanging hanging up. They, they give him a lot of shots where you can't see the binoculars. You can only see the cord it's hanging on. And it's done like they, they put gave him the binoculars to make it look like he's wearing suspenders. And I, I thought it was I thought there was a character from Speed Racer that, that would make him look like, but oh, yeah. I, I couldn't I couldn't find any of the my, my knowledge of racing shows is very, very limited, so I, I couldn't find any character that looks like that. But I could have sworn 
I could have sworn that there was a racing mentor figure that had suspenders that he would have looked like. I, maybe I'm wrong. It just seems mighty suspicious to me. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, may, maybe someone will know who I'm thinking of, or maybe someone will be like, you know, GC, you're just you're just imagining things. But either way, I'd like my mind to be put at ease. Secretly, GC is a huge fan of suspenders and wants them to make a comeback in the fashion world. And we see this leaking out right now in this discussion. Yes, yes. I mean, that, that's that's what I love so much about Tiger Millionaire. I mean, it's the suspenders, obviously. Well, yeah, that, I mean, that's the only thing that that episode has going for it, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I can't even... No, like, I love, that, <laughs> I love that episode so much, I can't even pretend. Like, that's all I love about it. It's so perfect! I just can't wait for a... What is it? Tiger, tiger Philanthropist? Tiger yeah. That episode is going to be good. I'm ready to see more Tiger Philanthropist and Purple Puma. I mean... But you know what? I wonder if they're going to use that as like a plot point to get rid of all of Greg's money. Oh, I hope not. Like, Greg has to stay rich for the rest of the series now. That, that's just that's just how it is. You think so? He... <sighs> I don't think he's going to keep it for the entire series, but I think he's going to keep it for a while. I guess they've kept him rich long enough uh, so that it doesn't feel like a immediate reassertion of status quo. Like, he ended up buying a boat, he got the tablet i mean he, he he provided plot support in a couple episodes not long after it but i just don't like the idea of greg being rich you know um and the reason i don't like that is because it i mean they haven't done this yet they haven't used all of greg's money to do like some kind of otherwise outlandish story scenario and i think they established greg getting his money well i mean i, I guess other than um when they went to that hotel um, and Pearl saying yeah. it's over. Or it? him, or him renting a boat and then ending up buying it. Him ending up buying the boat, yes, but I don't feel like renting a boat is something that's too out of the question. Like for maybe just a typical mm. salary. But I just I don't like the idea of him having all of that money because it feels like it's going to be an out for a lot of situations. I mean, like the gems have caused massive collateral damage since the beginning of the show, and no one's expected Greg to pay for it. So I mean, like there's no reason that you know, we'd have to say he's got money so he can't just pay for anything. I mean, I guess I don't know what else they would do in Tiger Philanthropist if not use Greg's money for something. Hmm. I don't know. I just, I feel, it feels like bad writing, but I, I trust the crew enough to know that it's not just bad writing, but my gut instinct is like, why does he have to just get rich, you know? I just want to see Smokey Quartz's wrestling form. Oh my gosh. Yes. I agree with you. So yeah, Ronaldo hanging out with the hanging out with the cool kids at a cool street race. I'm, I'm, it's really hard to tell if he and Jane are an item yet because they're not standing next to each other like you would expect a boyfriend and a girlfriend in an event like this to be. I think that they're an item in this episode. In fact, I feel like this episode is why it's not just like a random. Oh wait, he had a girlfriend all along because she was there. Hmm. I mean, for all we know, this could be where they met. Yeah, yeah, I, but it's not exactly a big town. I would imagine, like, all of these people know each other already. I mean, with the exception well, of, like, Lars, who clearly, like, has some kind of social anxiety and thinks that nobody likes him. They all kind of hang out together, right? So, I don't know about all that. Yeah. Well, she doesn't live by the boardwalk. She works, like, further downtown at the at the movie theater. yeah. Probably, probably near where the library is, actually. The geography of Beach City is complicated. 
do you think of it as maybe like a more sparsely populated metropolitan area? I don't know. All I know is they have a vote for Mayor Dewey sign up at the Buddy Budwick Library and the movie theater says it's the Beach City Movie Theater. Hmm. So hmm. I'm kind of like assuming that there's a boardwalk and then there's a very sparsely popula- populated residential district and then you have a downtown further inland that we don't really go to very often so we haven't really had much of a chance to map out i don't know i do not know we can we we can only dream but you know if there is a proper downtown that would mean that you know the entire town isn't just like 15 people but i guess only the boardies would show up for beach of palooza it is a beach oriented event well, we've seen a lot of people in Beach City before. I can't remember, uh, in Bubble Buddies, when they had that flashback when Connie or uh, Stephen found Connie's bracelet, the boardwalk was crowded. I yeah, think that a bunch of people at the parade. I think that Beach City, or at least like the boardwalk part of Beach City, is just like a tourist part of town. And so, like, when it's out of season for tourists to come down there, there's just not going to be that many people there. I mean, I think that would explain like their businesses and. Yeah, not a lot of action. I mean, they're very, they're very summer dependent. But, you know, slowly slowly moving on with the episode, I liked the facial expressions from Stefani uh, when challenging Kevin. They were very spicy. <laughs> and I liked that. Do you want to race or not? And the, <laughs> what? <laughs> and it's like, do you now? <laughs> Just that, that whole exchange, Stefani had the best facial expressions. I mean, okay, so again, I don't really like Kevin as a character. I like him as a plot device. Kevin's facial expressions were pretty cool, too, because they were goading Stevani on. Yeah. Uh, Kevin. Okay, I just, I was just so excited to see Kevin in natural lighting. Mm. You know, as, uh, because I'm the one who made that flare on the subreddit, and so I didn't really have, uh, I tried my best to color correct it. Apparently, I got the colors completely wrong. Mm-hmm. So I was able to finally color correct it to the appropriate colors. Well, this is good. I know, good news, good news. Just talking a little bit of shop. <laughs> but, I don't know, I, I don't really have much to say about the race itself, besides, again, the fantastic, fantastic music. And the, yeah, yeah, seriously, Stevani, Stevani's never driven a car before, neither is Steven or Connie, and yet, you know, when you put them both together, they are somehow able to master drifting, something that is a very, very specific skill. Don't know how that happened. Well, I do have this to say about the race, and qualifier, I haven't thought about this all too much, so um, don't. I'm not trying to read too much into anything, but I really like the uh, the sequence when Stevani is trailing behind Kevin, trying to overcome him, um, and Stevani's vision. You know, they get like this tunnel vision, and the yeah. road starts crumbling behind them. I'm I'm kind of wondering if that's if that is just earlier foreshadowing of or i don't know if that's just an instance of like that fusion vision that we got in um okay so the episode where uh garnet and stevani sing here comes a thought what episode that's that? mindful education mindful education yeah i mean like we, we get this fusion vision stuff in mindful education when they're together like they see apparitions of like uh like the rubies and you know rose and uh bismuth i want to think that that's like an instance of that when we first got uh alone together and Stevani fused together, and we had that 
big sequence where they're in their bubble and like they have that social anxiety. I really loved that. But at the time, I just kind of counted it as like this artful way of representing how they were feeling and like, you know, Steven maybe experiencing some anxiety that Connie had for the first time. But, you know, later, like now where we are now, knowing what we know from mindful education, I wonder if that's just something that happens with fusions that they see like different realities. Um, well, that, 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 what Garnet explained is that when dealing with that kind of stress, the fusion, when they, when they, when they break sync, can see things that aren't there. Yeah, that's true. And that's what I always interpreted this as. So how are they breaking sync here? Is it like, because Stevani is, is pissed and Steven was pissed going into that, but. I, I don't think she describes it as breaking sync. I, I think it's just more a quote unquote imbalance. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know, but that, that's something that I noticed and I kind of tend to want to read probably too deep into like those kind of things anyway. Um, yeah, here's here's what she says. For a fusion to work, there needs to be balance. An imbalance can cause your fusion to lose touch with reality, see things that aren't there, and eventually fall apart. Hmm. And I think that's clearly what was happening to yeah. Stevani in Alone Together, and that's what was happening in Beach City Drift right here where, while trailing behind Kevin. We are getting another message from the elusive Brayden who is trying to find a pen that works. Oh, Brayden, Brayden had a good point that like those visions... Well, okay, so, I mean, we do have Garnet saying that, like, when they're losing sync, they can see things that aren't there before they fall apart, all that good stuff. But Brayden had a good point that that kind of vision that they were having could be, like, a different iteration of Steven's dream powers. Um, like, for instance, we know that uh, Sapphire has future sight, but it's different than Garnet's future sight. So maybe Stevani's dream powers are different than Steven's dream powers. Like... The mm-hmm. combination of Steven and Connie when they come together as Stevani makes that dream power look look a little bit different because it's changed by like Connie's anxiety, maybe. I don't know. I'm probably reading too far into that, but yeah. I know that's that's a good thing to consider. Sounds I, I don't know. I I just don't see it. It hasn't been foreshadowed as having anything to do with dreams at all. Yeah. So I'm just inclined to say that mindful education, until till proven otherwise, explained that. Yeah. Oh well, food for thought anyway. But, right or wrong, something to think about. So Stephen and Connie have their little discussion. Stephen realizes that they are obsessed with him. And then they very quickly decide, actually, to go ahead and finish the race for their for their own selfish reasons. I like it. I dig it. Yeah, said with a smirk. I, I like, I, I do love the very beautiful view. And, and not just because it's one of the rare looks down upon the boardwalk area. It it really does look nice. I, I will say one thing that's kind of critical about this episode that, you know, they use some CG for the racing and for some of the backgrounds behind Stevani and Kevin. And I don't know, like it, this might just be me, but it was kind of jarring. Actually, I wasn't really expecting it. And you can clearly tell that like the cars are CG at one point. And so is that like scrolling background behind Connie and mm. or uh, Stevani and Kevin when they're having their little exchange. And it just kind of pulled me out of the moment. I remember thinking that the very first time I watched it, too, that like, wait, what's going on here? Why is it doing this? I never noticed anything is out of place in that sequence. You don't? I don't know. It reminds me of that one show, uh, Totally Spies, or not even Totally Spies, but like there was a spin-off series that I think focused on like uh, their their younger siblings. And it reminded me of that a lot for some reason. It felt like those were like just 3D textures that were scrolling behind them rather than... I don't know. It just, it was really 
jarring. That's the best word I can think to describe it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that might just be me. Um, I'm 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 also impressed at like how powerful the Supremo is. Like for the way Ronaldo. And by the way, I I do love how Ronaldo was given something else to be geeky about. Yeah, sure, he's running around trying to keep Beach City weird, but apparently he's a bit of a car guy too, and that's a that's a that's a nice wrinkle. It's another thing for him to geek out about, but. You know, he says that the Dondi's power is apparently on the on the drifting, but apparently it's really good in a dead sprint, too, because mm-hmm. Kevin's souped-up car needed nitro once Stevani got ahead of him uh, with no more curves for him to use his skill and sleek design to get ahead on. What's that one car that it was in Back to the Future? It has the, like, the doors that fling up. I should know this. Uh, the DeLorean. The DeLorean. Do you think that the Dondi Supremo is supposed to be like a stand-in for the DeLorean? Maybe. Because if so, I wonder if that's just like linking Ronaldo to like 90s kid culture. Like, remember the 90s more than like him just being in love with cars. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. He was still at that car race despite being on a scooter. I would believe it if, you know, they brought him off as like a car buff. But I'm wondering if that might might have been the direction they were going instead. Uh, maybe, but it doesn't have, it doesn't have the distinctive doors. It it does have the color, though. Hmm. And he referred to it as a 96 Supremo, rather than, uh, rather than just a Supremo, and the DeLorean only ever had one run, so. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's maybe, but I don't think the DeLorean was really notable for much except its doors, was it? I don't know. You know, unlike Ronaldo, I am not a car guy. I've never even seen Back to the Future. What? <sighs> no, I I've never seen it. <sighs> well, gee, Dakota, I guess you have homework. <laughs> no, but yeah, this was a good episode. Did you enjoy Kevin melting down, or was not even that satisfactory enough? I guess I don't know. I just the way that they built character Kev character the way that they've built kevin up he seems just like this really childish person so like even if he does melt down i feel like that's just him being like this jerky douche still you know that's just kevin being kevin i just don't like kevin i don't like seeing him i don't like his interactions with any of the characters i like him as a plot device i don't like him as a character that's that's my argument i'm sticking to it i don't know i i I do enjoy hating kevin Especially, I, I I love at the beginning of the, when he first shows up, I didn't say I want my socks ironed, I said I wanted them pressed. And I'm like, who gets their socks ironed or pressed? Kevin, what are you on about? So, I don't know. I think that sums Kevin's character up pretty well. You know what's kind of funny? Kevin is wearing the exact same outfit in this episode as he was in Alone Together. And, you know, given his persona as like this snooty rich kid, you would expect to see him in something different. I think it would have been like a really funny shout out if he was wearing some kind of like streetwear kind of clothes. Something something from the Fast and the Furious or something? Well, not even just like, I mean, that would have been a cool reference too, but I don't know if you've seen it on Reddit, that those uh, streetwear subreddits where, you know, they wear like uh, those retro uh, like pants and sweatshirts and stuff like that. I thought, I think that would have been like kind of a cool nod to character uh kevin's character because mm. those clothes tend to be like really expensive you know i mean it's it could be just like a, a an old jacket like an old windbreaker jacket and it could cost you like 
a hundred, two hundred dollars. That sounds expensive. Oh well. But yeah, I think that it's interesting that they chose to just keep him in those same clothes as opposed to like just giving him a different outfit at all. Because he is a really self-centered person, so you would think that like even if that wasn't the aesthetic he was going for, that he's the kind of person who just wants to always wear you know something new, something different. But they gave him the mm. exact same hairstyle, the exact same clothes. I guess they wanted him to be recognizable. I mean, that makes sense, too. It is a cartoon. Mm. But, yeah, I, I did enjoy this episode, even though... Eh, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure how I felt about Kevin's little story about his brother. I, don't, I, just, I just don't like seeing Kevin like that, even if he is making fun of Stevani. I thought that bit was actually a little bit funny. Because, you know, we've come to expect all the characters in the show to, like, have reasons and, like, have backgrounds. And we thought, oh, okay, well, here we're getting something. And then Kevin's like, no, I am just a jerk. I'm just like this. He's 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 the magic man of Steven Universe. I, I just realized it. He is magic man. I was thinking he was more like Lemon Grab, like, when they're mm. trying to get him to be good and, uh, uh, who is it? Princess Bubblegum is like, no, he's just like this. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but he he's used like Magic Man. He just runs, especially Magic Man's first appearance, where the, the whole point of his, you know, cursing Finn with being afoot is so that Finn will understand that people can be real jerks sometimes. Yeah. I never should have helped you in the first place. That's it. That's You've learned the lesson. Magic man exists to teach you that some people are just not worth it. Mm, I guess. I don't know. That, that's, that's my new theory, that Kevin is the magic man of Steven Universe. I will allow it. Yay! Okay, so do you have anything else to say about the episode? You know, I really don't know if I have anything else to say. I guess that really is about all I have to say. You know, I, I, like I said, I just kind of watched it before this episode began i don't really remember what i was thinking the first time it aired i love any connie or stevani episode i just, I live for them but i don't really like kevin i do think that this was a good episode i really wish i had more like crackpot theories to contribute but that's all i got yeah, I, I like how we keep seeing stevani in different outfits like connie was wearing her father's jacket this time around it was cute i loved that is her father's jacket isn't it Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> That's adorable. Uh, so yeah, and then of course we've seen Mindful Education, so we know that we see yet another Stevani outfit there. That's uh, just, a, just a small detail, just a small detail that I liked. I like that. Anyway, it sounds like that's it for us. Uh, we'll all see you next week. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Dakota. Later, kiddos. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.